0: Gilboa Foods, putting sausages in your mouth. Gilboa Foods, finding vegetables that you might want to eat. At Gilboa Foods, we haven't had a razor blade in our raisin since 1986.
1: It's Gilboa Foods. Okay. Oh, there's a lot to unpack there. The beginning was, like, a little pornographic. Oh. And um, you sounded a little like Randy Newman. Thank, thank you. You know the Toy Story music? I got
0: a friend
1: in me. I got a fan. Yeah, you. How are you? <laughs> are you OK? Oh my Do you God, need a poultice? That's... I'll go mix up some mustard, some sage, and we'll spread it on fine. your chest. I am fine.
0: I'm really excited that Gilboa Foods is backing us again in season three because it was a bit, it was looking a little hit and miss there whether they're going to be on board. I think you're probably the only one who's excited. Uh, I have developed a really caring relationship with Marge. I've developed a rash on my thighs. Well, and I did too from Marge, but it is just, that's price of doing business. Uh, I'm good. I'm I'm very good. I'm excited for this week's episode. I'm going. Oh, and I've got
1: good news. I've got good news. I know everybody was really worried that we would receive some kind of legal notification from Joe Rogan, but nothing. He's leaving us. Alone. Really shocking. I know because I'm sure. I was sure that his roid-fueled gaze would turn our way. The year is still young. Amen,
0: brother. It's March. Can you believe it? It's March. I can believe it. Oh my God. Where's the time going? Where is the time going? Time is all a, um, it's all a, a, an illusion, Riley. It is. So don't worry about it. Or sorry. Everything that, uh, will happen has already happened. You watched Inception, didn't you? What's Conception? You know what Conception is. Just go upstairs. Oh yes. It is that idea though with Inception. No, it's Brian Green, the physicist that has a wonderful docu-series on space and time and all that. And,
1: Brian Austin Green from, yes, from 90210.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's dressed exactly the same way as he was in the show, even though he's like in his uh, mid forties. He got all buff. Did
1: he? Yeah,
0: he did. Like like Carrot
1: Top? Not to that degree, but he he got buff because um, I saw him on, I think the Terminator TV show, mm. which was not worthy of any of my time.
0: Can I just quickly say about Carrot Top? I saw him in an interview Uh, recently he's no longer massively ripped and he acknowledged that it kind of looked bad
1: well and he's had work has he not on his face oh i would assume so because he looks very odd he looks like a hideous
0: rictus of death but he's also apparently a very nice man i'm sure but he's also off-putting well his comedy is also off-putting okay all right comedy (laughs) that's creepy (gasps) all right are you ready for tonight's episode riley I'm very ready. Super dupes. Uh, this actually, this was inspired tonight's episode uh, from one of our listeners uh, who reached out to us, uh, Matthew Bednarz, uh, who's currently residing in Scotland, but his his homeland is Poland. And uh, a few months ago, he had reached out to us asking if, if perhaps we could do something from Poland. And I found one. In fact, I found a really great story. If it hadn't been for Matthew, I, I don't know that I would have found it. This is going to take us into the way, 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 back machine. So get some food, uh, preferably of the canned variety because it needs to last uh, quite some time. Bottled water, some flint, uh, perhaps some weapons like a sword or a mace, not Mm -hmm. firearms because we don't want to freak the people of the past out when we get out of our way, way, way back machine.
1: Did you know, by the way, you know, we're a weird culture. Did you know there's such a thing now as mace fitness? Like, it's fitness where you use, like, medieval weapons and <laughs> spin them around and shit to, to get
0: buff. Yeah. No. But I know, I, it's really weird. I've heard that the people who do those medieval um, weekends and yeah. they, they joust and stuff, you got to be in really good shape to do that.
1: What is that? It's called the Society for... Macing. Anachronism or something, something like that. The Society for Anachronistic Thought or something like that. Believe it or not, I'm serious. The people that do the Renaissance fairs, they're actually
0: Oh, that. you mean those
1: people? Yeah, yeah. They get okay. together and they dress up and drink mead. I've gone
0: to one, I've gone to one of those before. Loser. Oh,
1: no, it was fun. I would actually go to one. I shouldn't say that. I would like to see it once. Yeah, it was fun. Have you
0: LARP? I have never LARPed. I have not LARPed either. I don't know that I... I don't think I could do it. I'd giggle. I would giggle incessantly. I'd be the LARP giggler. I would have to be the
1: jester and then I could get away. I mean, I certainly it. LARPed as a child. Like outside. Well, yeah, and, when, when right? LARPing
0: is, is fundamental. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons. Not, I don't think I could go that extra mile with the LARPing.
1: I think I've talked to you about my D&D experiences before. I always played with people who took it too seriously. Uh, and it was just, it became unfun. It became biz- like, a biz- like a job. Ooh, yeah. I felt like I was at a job. Okay, tell
0: me your old, old, tiny story. So we are going all the way back to the year
1: 2018. (laughs) You know, you had me going. I thought, I wonder how far back he's going to go. It'll be like a Roman mystery. Full, almost
0: four years. It'll be like a weird hoop-hooped in the aqueduct. (laughs) So, you know, Riley, sometimes the weirdest mysteries occur in some of the most ordinary mundane some would say places and to the people you least expect and that this is sort of what this uh this story would fall into that category and by all appearances 30-year-old Mateusz Kowiecki, originally from Hutków in southeastern Poland was just a normal guy and i i'm going to say this right off the bat i've i've paid attention to the pronunciation of these places however i'm still confident that i'm mispronouncing them even though i'm trying to pronounce them the, the correct way. Trying's what counts, brother. Okay. So uh, Michael, uh, sorry, Mateus was from Poland, but he was actually living in Hanover at the time of our story, uh, Hanover, Germany, where he had uh, a, a good job as a construction worker, which he had held for five years. He had a fiance back in, in Poland who was pregnant with their first child. And according to family and friends, he was a pretty content and unassuming guy. Didn't stand out in crowds, just pretty happy-go-lucky, and a loving uh, a family member and, fr- and friend. As the birth of their child loomed near, Mateusz set out to be with his fiance as they welcomed their newborn into this world. He was driving his 1998 BMW 525 from Hanover, Germany, to Lipia Gora, Poland. He left work at around 11:30 p.m. on March 28, 2018 and was due to arrive at around 8 or 9 a.m. the following morning. For context, that drive is about 647 kilometers or 402 miles long. So it's a lengthy drive, Mm -hmm. would take you some time, especially if you're stopping and stretching legs. When he left Hanover, according to friends and coworkers, he was in high spirits, looking forward to seeing his new child and the bright future he saw ahead. However, he would never arrive and his disappearance would become a strange, unsolved mystery, just full of weirdness. Perfect for us. The following morning, his fiancee waited for him, but Kewiki, who was expected to arrive again around 9am, 9 9 did not show up. She later received, about a half an hour later, received a, a text message from Kowicki telling her he was running a couple of hours late due to traffic. So she waited and wasn't too worried about it because mm-hmm. that's common, right? Mm-hmm. But as the day went on, without any sign or any communication from him, she became increasingly worried. She tried several times to call Kowicki's phone, but there was no answer, and her texts also received no replies. Becoming increasingly worried after unanswered calls to Mateus, his fiancée got in touch with Matthias' sister, who also lived in Hanover, at around 5 p.m., but no one was able to get through. His phone rang, but he never picked up. Kuecki's father, who again also lived in Hanover, would later tell them that he had actually called Mateusz around 10 30 AM on the day he was supposed to have arrived and got through to him. Mateusz told him that he, that there was bad traffic in the area of the Polish village of Szczecin, Szczecin, on the German border around 130 miles from his destination, which coincided with the message that his fiance had gotten. So Szczecin is a town on the uh, Polish-German uh, border. On the way to Gora. at that point, you're about uh, just over 200 kilometers, uh, about 130 miles uh, to go from that point. So you're still, there's still quite okay. a, a distance from his destination. Later that evening, Matthias' mother went to the police, but they discouraged her from filing a report as it was too early and reassured her that Matthias would likely turn up. As is often the case, right? They have you wait a certain number of hours. It might be different in different jurisdictions around the world, but that seems to be a pretty common one. Yes. So they decided to wait and see if he would show up thinking perhaps he was just running very late or maybe there was an accident, but he never did. And when the following morning came and he was still nowhere to be seen and they couldn't contact him, they went ahead and contacted the authorities and filed a report. After several more days had passed, it was becoming more and more obvious that something was very wrong. And Kueki, was listed as a missing person after the family filed a missing persons both in Poland and Germany. But the German police refused to investigate, so long as the Polish police were on the case. This disconnect and bureaucratic barrier between the German and Polish police became increasingly apparent throughout the entire ordeal. The family then asked the Polish police to locate Mateusz's cell phone, but the police were unable to do so as Matthias was using a German SIM card. German police, again, wouldn't locate his phone either as they claim Matthias disappeared in Poland. That was his last known location. So this was not a German case.
1: Oh, for God's sake though, like big deal. Just in case, couldn't they try to locate the phone? That's just being bureaucratic for the sake of
0: being bureaucratic. And and it's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Don't you think? It's it's also frustrating. It's frustrating. I mean, I don't know the... The rules and technicalities of uh, living in the EU, I do find that a bit odd that you have a significant missing person case and you can't help locate the phone. Yeah, that's very odd. Polish authorities were able to ascertain that his cell phone had been turned on for several days after he had last used it, but were unable to actually locate the phone itself. Oddly, it would be found that the phone had never connected to a Polish phone network. Making it a mystery as to how he'd been able to use his phone to talk to his father and send text messages to his fiance, and although the border wasn't staffed, right? It's EU. You can travel from one country to the next without having to go through a border uh, station. I never knew that. Yeah, it's welcome to the EU, man. Oh, I thought there would be some kind of border check. No, there there's CCTV cameras, but that's it. You can freely cross the borders it's like crossing from one province to the other in, here in canada or a state uh, in the united states how wonderful i mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. well that was one of the big problems with brexit right the, like for example in ireland where you have the republic and you have northern ireland the easy flow of traffic between those two countries all of a sudden you have to have a border post with brexit because they're no longer part of the eu yeah, okay. So, uh, so even though it wasn't staffed, there weren't border guards there, there were CCTV cameras installed, but when all of the footage was checked, there could be found no evidence that Kwiki had ever crossed the border at all. As this was going on, Kwiki's family got the impression that authorities weren't doing enough, and they went about their own investigation. They thoroughly checked the entire route, going into side streets, checking with gas station staff all along, like any possible gas station that he might've stopped at, asking for video surveillance when they would go in, going around markets and towns near the border with Mateus's picture and posting posters with his image. The family was even featured on TV multiple times and pleading for their case, asking if people had seen him, but also complaining that the police weren't doing enough and not taking the matter seriously. Unfortunately, no new clues were discovered. And it seemed that Mateus, along with his car, had just disappeared into thin air. So where had he gone? What happened to him? Nobody knew. And the police just sort of shrugged their shoulders and pronounced that he had probably run off to start a new life. And that was the end of it. And as far as they were concerned, the case was closed. However, the case was to prove to be far from over and would go on to take a grim twist oh, here we go, into the realm of the weird. On September 12th, 2018, Kowicki's mother, who lived on a rural farm in Hutkoff, so is where Matthias was originally from, got a visit from a neighbor saying that there was a foul stench coming from her barn on the edge of his property, so their shared property line, and that it had been getting progressively worse since that July. He told her he thought she might have a dead animal in there, and that he would go in and check it out for her. He went into the barn. Rather than a dead animal, as expected, the neighbor found the badly decomposed remains of a person. Uh... Police were immediately notified and arrived at quite the gruesome scene. They found a decapitated torso of a man, the head lying nearby, which seemed to have had some teeth knocked out of it. The body was too deteriorated to be immediately identified. So it was in quite a a bad state. The clothes were bloody and had some of the teeth from that skull stuck to them. Seemingly, and this is according to a few different takes on this I've I've read, it seems that they were intentionally stuck to the clothes with what appeared to be blood. Like someone had placed them in a pattern on the shirt of this person. There was no sign of a struggle or a weapon that could have been used to carry out such carnage. As well, they found from the roof of the barn, I guess um, on like um, the beams of the roof, they found two nooses just hanging there. Oh, God. Like hangman nooses. Oh, God. They also found a backpack. And inside the backpack, they found a cell phone, a wallet, a Polish water bottle with cigarette butts in it, and an orange juice box. Okay. And that's my story. <laughs> no <I'm> joke. <joking. laughs> Ooh, it's, it's got a little witchy vibe to it too. Cause of those teeth. Very weird. Ooh, okay. And it's mm-hmm. not over. So it did not take long for Polish police to establish the body belonged to the missing Mateusz Kowiecki. The case now became a criminal investigation. Mm-hmm. And an important side note here, when Mateusz left, he wasn't headed for his family's house in the Southeast of Poland. Instead, he was headed to his fiance's in the Northwest. It's actually, so between where his fiance lived and uh, his his home village, it's about, there's 635 kilometers between those two points. Well, that's a big, that's a, that's a fair distance, especially for Europe, right? It, exactly, and Poland's a big country. So it, by European standards, Uh, basically they're on either end of the country and his home village was about as far from Germany as you can get in Poland. Like it, that's a long, much longer trip. Uh, the backpack was confirmed to have belonged to him, but the contents were odd because his family insisted that he never drank orange juice. In fact, he hated it. This was like a well-known thing amongst his family that since he was a little boy, despised orange juice. Oh, Okay. It's an odd thing to despise, but interesting, right? Like it's Mm. these little, these little clues, these little weird things that pop up. Why is there orange juice in our son's backpack when we know he hates it? I know there's drinks that my kids hate. That like I would be like, that's weird that they would have that. You know, like vodka. My children despise Kahlua, and I'm like, just try it. (laughs) Like, come on, (laughs) put bit on your tongue, kid. You're not gonna have a good time until you have a
1: Kahlua time. I remember when I was in Mexico, everywhere you'd go where they tried to sell you a condo, they would give you a bottle of Kahlua or tequila. It was always tequila or Kahlua. Really? Yeah, oh, Yeah. they're okay. like, come in and look at this condo and here's a bottle of tequila.
0: Yeah, you get a free bottle of liquor, so you could get quite liquored up if you wanted to. Nice, I would, that would be all I would need. Nice for some. Give me a bottle of peach schnapps, I am yours for life, baby. Well, that's what I heard. That's Ooh. the word on the street. All right. So the cell phone found in the backpack also showed that he had used it and it was his cell phone that he had used it to make a call on March 30th, but it was to his uncle and only lasted a few seconds and never even went through as if maybe he had changed his mind or had been caught making a call. And it was hung up uh, before his uncle could answer. In fact, his uncle hadn't even known that he had attempted to call. There was no DNA evidence at the scene from anyone else and no fingerprints except for Kawiki's on his belongings. And perhaps weirdest of all was the fact that the family had often used the barn during the summer. This isn't a, a, this is a working farm. Oh, okay. I didn't get that. I thought it was like, you know, one of those
1: ramshackle structures. You see it. They store stuff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: No, this is a barn that is being used. Oh, God. So it's extremely odd that they wouldn't have noticed the stench of a rotting corpse in the attic until September, if he went missing in March. Unbelievably, the Polish authorities would deem it to be a suicide with no evidence of foul play, according to them. Okay. They claimed that he had hung himself, after which the head had popped off when the body had decomposed and the, the idea of a suicide was something that his family adamantly denied he would never do. They didn't believe that was in him. He had never displayed any signs of depression or mental illness. Okay. Had never, ever seemingly been a sad or down person. Now I will say this, that idea that if he had hung himself and hung there for long enough, that the head would pop off is absolutely possible. That is so
1: grim. Mm-hmm. That is just so unspeakably mm-hmm. grim. like. This body's hanging there. And if it's long enough, it'll, the head'll just pop right off.
0: Yeah. That's just, uh, gross. Blech. Now, Riley, things get even weirder. All okay. Right? Four days after having found his body, Mateus's family found, not the police, but the family found in the hay in the barn, his shoe with his severed foot still inside it. Ugh. Oh. Yay! Police didn't find it, right? Nice job, cops. The, po- the police sound a little bit lame. I would concur. Yeah. So this points to the police not having done a very good job of collecting evidence, and also brings up the question of why this didn't come up during the autopsy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They never—they never even mentioned a missing foot. Yeah, which is a pretty important aspect of the uh, of the body. Right. As previously mentioned, some of Mateus's teeth were knocked out and stuck to his clothes with what seems to be blood. Now, while a head, you know, absolutely can get severed, and it makes sense, right? The tissue starting to rot and, and becomes weakened, uh, and eventually that weight would would snap a joint that is relatively weak. It's rather difficult for teeth to get knocked out post-mortem, apparently again. This is, again, oh, what okay. I, I, I read. Uh, for teeth to come out of the head, like when they fell on the body had collapsed out of the noose and the head went one way and the, the body went the other. For the teeth to come out, not likely. And how did the teeth end up on the body? Stuck yeah. in blood. Yeah. If this happened a long time after. Yeah, post it makes no sense. Right? So it, it, in order for those teeth to stick to the clothing, it, the blood would have had to have been fresh. Right. It would have had to have happened maybe even before he died. The, so there were bloody patches on his clothes, although these are uh, difficult to distinguish considering the clothes are fairly dirty apparently. But again, if he was bleeding as he was being murdered, why is there no blood splatter anywhere in the barn? And if he committed suicide, why was his clothes covered in blood? Mm -hmm. So again, two odd questions. Yeah, it makes little to no sense. Stranger still, all of this potential evidence was released without any analysis by the police. They took it in. And let it go. Sounds like the police were just really not interested in investigating this incident. I don't think they were. And that leads to more questions. Why not? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. In the meantime, German authorities finally joined the case. And things would only get more odd. The call made to the father in the morning was found to have not been made from the village of Stetschen, but rather from within Germany meaning that he had lied about where he was and where he was going. Oh dear, okay. The German police would find evidence that Kowicki had in fact never headed towards his fiancé's house at all, but had rather taken a train to the German border town of frankfurt der oder 24 hours after the call to his father and then headed to the Polish town of Sobica just across the river, where security footage showed him checking into a hotel with an unidentified person the next day he then headed for warsaw poland by train and from there he took a bus to the town of Zamość, about 13 miles from his hometown where his body was found although how he had gotten there and what had happened to his car are still unknown I would say, in fact, that one of the biggest mysteries, Riley, in all of this is like his car. Where's the car? To this day, it has never been found or seen on anything, any old CCTV, uh, nothing. It's just gone. gone. And I was reading about that too, wondering how in Europe, how likely is it for something like that to happen? And apparently it's very unlikely because of the CCTV Uh, Footage. Mm -hmm. It's and they scoured everything. They were looking over a wide chunk of days at key points throughout the country. There is a possibility that it could have been taken out of the country illegally, but still unlikely.
1: Do you know? uh, I was just thinking about it, and I'm thinking, how could they get rid of a car? And I was going back to um, a lot of times when I research for these podcasts. I'll you know, I'll look at um, various creepy websites and stuff like that. And um, there was this one story that I came across where there was three kids in the 1960s who had disappeared much like this, and they had never been found. And they were missing, their car was gone, nothing, they were never seen again. And they were, um, I think they were on their way to like the prom or something. And then like 30 something years later, they find the car at the bottom of a lake. And the bodies are oh. in it, and something had happened, and they had gone off the road, right. and into the deepest part of this lake, and the, they just had never. It, there was no evidence to lead them there. There was no skid marks. There was no broken, you know, guide rail or, or fence or anything. And they show them bringing this this car up, this really dated looking car, pulling it out of the lake, and it's all covered with mud and algae and stuff. And it's just such a creepy. That image stayed with me, and I don't know why, but it just reminded me of that because I was thinking, where's the car of where's this guy's car? Yeah. You know, it's probably at the bottom of a lake or in a chop shop somewhere. Well,
0: and, and if it is, how did it get there? Because he ends up so far away from where he was supposed to be and, and all of that. So to go back to our story, uh, the attic where his body apparently hung is more or less, this is to, you know, some other odd pieces here is more or less in full view the ground inside the barn and the family say that they again that they use that barn throughout the summer so it's really unlikely that they wouldn't have noticed a hanging body let alone smell it right Mm -hmm. it's not hidden in some sort of weird loft that is closed off from the rest of the barn it's visible you can see it so if it hadn't been there before where was it and who put it there and why it's also strange that given how tiny Mateus's village was no one noticed Mateus or anyone else wandering around and trying to gain access to the barn. This is a tight knit community. There is, it's not like there's a lot, uh, many different routes in. His return home would have been a big deal. And there was, no one was ever seen, no, no funny activity was seen near or around the farm. So the case was finally closed last year in 2021. Oh, It was. It was. The police and the prosecution service in Poland. So that's like their equivalent of, um, the crown or the the district attorney, uh, ended up conducting a more thorough investigation, including a criminal as well as an internal investigation of the officers involved. Mm -hmm. Mateusz's sister accused the officers who were involved initially of negligence. Totally on board with that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, an example of that was that they initially refused to search the actual barn thoroughly because, and this is a quote, it would take too much time. Speechless. I'm speechless. While the prosecutors found the officers' actions did not meet the standard for criminal negligence, an internal police investigation did find wrongdoing and the two officers were reprimanded. Good. I'm glad. And what the reprimand was, I'm assuming, probably a loss of pay or rank or something like that. But still, I to me that doesn't seem like enough. If they had acted earlier, maybe he e would be alive today. Or his head would at least be connected. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. When it comes to Mateus, prosecutors were able to gather a lot of evidence, including DNA analysis, expert reports, analysis of Mateus's phone. German police obtained, as I mentioned before, security camera footage and conducted a search of Matthias' apartment in Hanover, where they secured things like his tablet. Mm -hmm. All of the evidence was then analyzed by police experts in Warsaw. Based on all of the evidence above, prosecutors believe that Matthias had lied to his family on the day of his disappearance. He was not in Cecchin when he called his family and also wasn't driving at the time, according to them. He was still in Germany and they say that they know this because in his pockets, they found receipts for public transit. They believe he took a train to the German border town of Frankfurt an der Oder, and then most, most likely walked over a bridge to the Polish town of Sobica, almost 24 hours after telling his family, he was actually in Poland. What brings even more mystery into the case, however, is that according to the the police CCTV footage, he checked in at a hotel in Sobiza with another person, right? It is unclear as to whether the identity of this person hasn't been established or whether the investigators know who it was but simply haven't revealed who they are or they have yet to interview them. Mateus's sister maintains that the police... Prosecutors cannot close this case until they know or interview the person who accompanied Mateus and also share that with the family. Who was this other person that was with him? Absolutely. So to to continue with the police timeline, Mateus took a train to Warsaw after that, the next day, and then took a bus to Zamosht, which is the biggest, like the local big town close to his home village of Hudkoff, which is about 21 kilometers away. He arrived in Zamosht at around midnight, but it's still unknown whether or when or how he got to Huckkaw, where his family lived, or Huckkaw, sorry. What happened to his car, as we mentioned, also remains a mystery. Uh, As mentioned, neither German nor Polish police were able to find any records of the car being transferred to a new owner or deregistered. Wow. The exact date of death also remains a mystery, and despite his sister's protests Matthias's body was never subject to a toxicology report. The police and prosecutors concluded that the evidence unequivocally points to a suicide, which they believe Mateus had planned beforehand. They also didn't find any evidence of criminal wrongdoing whatsoever. Unfortunately, the exact pieces of evidence which lead the which led the police and prosecutors to this conclusion were never released to. The public basically take our word for it. This was a suicide. What was he like a spy or something? Like what the hell? So let's get into it. That's the story theories. Okay. This is a relatively new story. So there's not a lot. I mean, there's really great things on, on Reddit, but I think that this was, this is the type of one that you can come up with your own. So let's dive first in the most obvious one, which is that this was in fact a suicide. Okay. So they didn't search the barn for a long time. It took them a long time to find it. So his, the idea that his remains decomposed and broke down with gravity pulling on him, uh, his foot then falls, uh, his torso as well. It's very possible that, the body just broke apart, his foot included. Right there's also that idea that blood pools at the at the lowest point of the body, so it would have all sort of flushed down into his legs and feet, yeah. again pulling on it. So it's possible that's why the foot ended up breaking off.
1: Well, also too, I mean, and God. We have learned some very grim things in the course of doing this podcast. But one thing we have learned is that a lot of times bodies are found, and I don't know how airtight that barn was, but a lot of times when bodies are found, animals have had their way with them. And they're scattered all over the place, right? So I don't know. I am I mean, I've never met a barn that an animal couldn't get access to, so perhaps there's that as well.
0: Right, and there's no mention of that. Okay. And we've talked about that with diet law pass. Yeah. Uh, Like, you know, things being missing. Now, his body was so badly decomposed, perhaps some of the more fleshy tissue had been eaten and just was gone by the time. it. But it wasn't also a skeleton either. I should say that. There was still flesh there.
1: I remember mine with the, um, I can't remember what they were called, uh, you know, the the American equivalent of the diet law. What are they
0: called? Oh, uh, the um, Yucatown County... Yeah, the Yuba
1: County, yeah. Yuba County 5. Remember with the Yuba County 5, remember the father was out searching and found his son's spine.
0: Yeah, yeah. That'll stay with you for a lifetime. Yeah, that's right. So here's the other thing, uh, though. If you're staging a murder to look like a suicide, why on earth would you do it this way? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. So if this, if he hadn't been, if it hadn't been a suicide and it had been a murder, why Do it like that. Like that makes no sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. Doesn't at all. So, it is possible, I think, that he was freaking out about maybe having a child. Maybe he was putting up a front about being excited. Uh, Maybe he met up with someone for a one night stand, uh, and then. Felt so guilty and terrible about it, decided to commit suicide.
1: What about uh, are, are people theorizing about mental illness? I mean, does the compass point there at all?
0: No, not at all. Hmm. Like, no evidence of mental illness. I mean, people, absolutely, people have said maybe he was depressed or psychotic no, break. You can have a psychotic, or a psychotic break, break right? but there is no evidence of that. Zero. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he traveled so far is odd. Why would you lie and say you're going to one place, but then go to another and it be so far, uh, and then and just to commit suicide in your family's barn? Right? Weird. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Other piece. I know it's not a given, but where's the note? If it's a suicide, where is the goodbye? A com. It's a common piece with suicides. An apology or a uh, uh, a last sort of voice of anger, especially when it's methodical and thought out, not being done impulsively. And this definitely has no, uh, this is not impulsive, right? If it was a a suicide, this took several days. Yeah. It would have been very, very very premeditated. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that he goes out of his way to not be found, to like, not misdirect, right. but to... What's the word I'm looking for? He's he just mislead. gone out of his... Wait, yeah. Well, not mislead because he's not leading them anywhere. He's gone out of a way to just not be found to be covert about it, right? But then being covert is not going and hanging yourself in your family's fucking barn. Right. Go out into the middle of the woods, find a tree branch and hang or yourself Or ground there. yourself
0: in your car in the lake. Like Yeah, if you,
1: if you just do not want to be found and really don't want any evidence left behind, what is the symbol, symbolic value of going to the
0: barn? Like, was he abused? or something did something traumatic happen at the barn like well here's here's an idea then and again i don't like going down this path um so oh, i'm go. going to say it because i think it's it's relevant who knows maybe he had been sexually uh, assaulted as a child by a family member maybe he was fearful that he would recreate those events on his own child that's a reach and i don't i don't believe that but it you know, you know, what's really funny though.
1: This is so funny. Cause that's the first place I went to. I'm like the barn, home. Oh my God. He must've been abused. It's funny how we become so programmed to go there. Yeah. Like that's where I went first as but well. Here, because, but here's another, you
0: know? here's another poke though at this, at that theory again. And for me, this is a big thing that stood out the teeth and the blood. Yeah. His clothes full of blood. You don't bleed when you are hanging yourself. And you don't bleed when you're dead. Even
1: if he was hung there, and animals get after him, you're you're not bleeding anymore because there's no blood
0: circulating, right? Right. So, yeah. so for the teeth to become stuck, the teeth had to have been knocked out of his face when he was still alive. And if he's hanging, how do you attach teeth which have some weight to, your, to clothing? Like, how does that happen? To me. That happens if you're lying down on the ground and there's a, it pools on and then is allowed to dry and then it's affixed to the clothes, right? Could he could he have been a spy? We'll get to that. So the other thing, the last thing I just want to mention about this is the two nooses, not one. Remember there were two nooses in that barn. So is it possible he was going to commit suicide with someone close to him, potentially the person he was at the hotel with, right? They set up the two nooses He hung himself, then the companion decided not to go through with it. They take the car and disappear. Perhaps they even fight. And that's when the teeth get knocked out, right? Maybe he dies. He doesn't even die from being hung. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe they hang him afterwards. Bit of a stretch. I know, but possible. The other theory, uh, this is a common one, is that he was the victim of a carjacking murder, like hostage type thing. And that was, he was forced to send misdirection by the person who had him at gunpoint. But again, doesn't make a lot of sense because normally carjackers either just get you out of the car and Mm. leave or they kill you. Uh, But to then take you on a, you know, several day odyssey driving around and going, that doesn't add up. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But Dan, it was a BMW. It was. Yeah. It was a nice car. You never know. So let's get into it then. So I was telling my wife about this episode last night. We were talking about it. She often does that. what's the next one about? And I told her sort of the, the, the basic points of it. And she, that was exactly what came out of her mouth was maybe he was a spy.
1: Well, yeah, because the, the death itself too is the, the, the teeth being knocked out and stuff. It seems like a little
0: bit, I don't know, symbolic. It's symbolic? Sending a message? Maybe he was tortured somewhere else. And then the body was brought there to set up to look like a suicide, right? It would also explain, Riley, the refusal of government agencies to delve deeply into that too quickly. Yeah. Especially the Germans who seemed to have their shit together. As soon as they got involved, they started figuring things out. If they had done that right away, he would have been found before he died. They could have- Mm -hmm found him it's almost like they didn't want to find him they wanted things to play out they wanted him to disappear and in terms of disappearance a government absolutely could make a car disappear
1: well and the stuff that wasn't mentioned at the autopsy that was like you know autopsy 101 he's missing a foot you know that you said never ended up glossed
0: everything over they made everything go and and who knows not finding the foot and I, I would imagine that the the police officers that they that probably were just really bad at their job, but maybe they were deployed there on purpose because they knew they were shitty and lazy and and wanted to get things done quickly and would be sloppy. The fact that they haven't revealed their reasons for determining this as a suicide, to me, absolutely gives credence to the idea that this is some sort of government cover-up. Now, would would he have been a Polish spy spying on the Germans, maybe, but both countries are part of the EU and are, are are in a way kind of, I mean, they are allies. Could he have been maybe working for the Russians, perhaps? Uh, maybe he was a Polish or a German spy trying to find, uh, 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 what's the, like, a, he was like a double agent, right? So he was pretending to be a Russian spy, but was really working for them and feeding information back. Maybe, um, that foreign country found out and, and wanted to kill him, or maybe he had turned and they got rid they, they got rid of him that way. And who knows?
1: What was, uh, excuse me, what was his job again?
0: A construction worker. Okay. So nothing. Yeah. However, I'm going to take you back to this point. Remember I told you what time he left? Mm -hmm. It was late at night. What kind of construction work occurs late at night? Road work when they want low traffic volume, stuff like that. Anything like infrastructure But I don't know that he was working road work. He could also have been working in office buildings. I'm just thinking about like putting uh, surveillance equipment in walls and things like that. Like who knows, Right. Yeah. We're really rabbit holing here because oh, we, don't we have, absolutely are. Yeah. Cause we don't have any answers. We have no answers. A few thing, a few other uh, things that are, are uh, possible was that he was actually in fact murdered by a family member, but again, the police haven't gone down that path and don't seem to think that it's, and I think that's very unlikely okay. that that was the case. Here's an interesting one. Perhaps the person he was having an affair with, if he was having an affair, threatened to expose him. And they got into a fight and ended up killing him by accident. And there was a thread that perhaps his disappearance could be explained by. Explained oh, by. God. Alien abduction.
1: <laughs> oh, Lord. We're back yeah, to that.
0: But it, yeah,
1: that's tongue in cheek. Well, you know what? That's a good thing to always have in your back pocket. If you can't explain it, it's the aliens. Mm-hmm. Where did I put that comb? Oh, I bet the aliens took it. <laughs> you know, I forgot to pay my phone bill.
0: God damn, the aliens made me do that. I blame aliens for pretty much everything that bad. Ba- my internet connection before we started recording. Aliens, mm-hmm. my printer going off right as we started to record. Aliens. Yeah, before we
1: uh, started recording tonight, dear listeners, Dan had, uh, it was the Dan show over at uh, <laughs> at his house, and he was just going through a lot. He had to reboot his modem, he had to, uh, and then the printer inexplicably just started going and not printing anything, but it just wouldn't stop.
0: Being angry and talking to me.
1: It was like the, uh, all the machinery in that scene in Close Encounters, when the aliens, see it's aliens, when the aliens come and all the toys start yeah. operating
0: independent of each other. Mm-hmm. So, Riley, in conclusion. In conclusion. How did he end up in that barn dead, far from where he was supposed to be, and where is Matthias's car? How did someone overlook his body hanging from the rafters for five months? Why did he lie to everyone about what he was doing and where he was going? Was he murdered? Did he kill himself? And what do the abundance of really Enigmatic clues mean? And why was the investigation so bungled? The answers, at least at this point in time, continue to elude us. And this is one of the stranger myster- mysterious deaths there is that we've ever presented. I got to tell you something, Dan. Um,
1: I just stumbled across this in my research for a uh, coming uh, episode. Bodies only smell like the first month. Uh, the the period of smell isn't that long because maggot infestation stuff happens really yes. fast and they get devoured by bacteria. So the fact that the neighbor came to see her and in claimed September. yeah and claimed that he had been plagued by this bad odor is a
0: little suspicious to me because he says he starts to smell it in July and they finally go he started to smell it in July and it. Uh, is September when they discovered it. Now that could still work with you. It could have been placed there in July and started rotting at that point because you said about a month, right?
1: Yeah, but it, he shouldn't be smelling it anymore. There'd be no reason for him to go and talk to them. Like there would be no more odor. It would be gone. You become desiccated and
0: especially in the summer, you just go really fast. Right. Right? So it leads it leads to the idea that it was placed there or that he died like in the summer. Or the neighbor and knows more than he's letting on. Oh my God! Let's call, let's call the Polish police. Let's just call the neighbor.
1: Find out, find out who it was.
0: Uh, his name is Derek Lafferty. You can
1: imagine Poland? What's what is your next neighbor? What is your nearest neighbor, Derek Lafferty? Do you, do you notice anybody that I do from Eastern Europe sounds like Count Dracula, the Count, like on Sesame Street? And one and two and Alice makes three. Ah, <laughs> oh, Lord! Uh, is that it? That's it, my friend. Do you know what I'm going to do, damn, Lajoie? Do you know what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to do something I've never done to you.
0: You're going to do. You're going to do a caricature of me with a big head. That's not a caricature. That's oh, you. You're right. No,
1: I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to actually do a, an add-on mystery. What? Because I told you that story, and I want to make sure my listeners get it right, and I don't want to ever have to do it again. So. On November the 20th, 1970, a guy named Jimmy Allen Williams picked up a bunch of his friends and he had a bright 1969 Camaro. It was Friday night and they were in a little uh, village, a uh, village, yeah, we're still in Eastern Europe, a little a town called Sayre in Oklahoma. Sarah had a population of about 3,000 people and they were on the famous, Dan, Route 66. You know the song. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, if you ever plan to motor west, I mean, that's name not it on the rain that's Route 66. Okay, so... Williams told his family that he was going to a high school football game in a larger community nearby called Elk City. And two other friends were going with him. And the trio, the three of them, were last seen at a bowling alley. And how the night ended was a mystery. This beautiful car, the 1969 Camaro that I would kill to have, Mm. that was carrying those three people vanished. Law enforcement officials stumbled across it four decades later. While well, they were testing sonar equipment at foss lake and foss lake was a popular recreation area about 20 miles on the other side of elk city and they pulled up the car and in it were the bodies of the three missing teens wow. that had been there for 40 years yeah it would be like the skeletons i guess only left though at that point. and yeah. their family never knew what had happened with them until 40 years wow. later i'm sorry but since i brought it up i thought that i would The details of it. So it sounds like a suicide pact to me. No, they, uh, they believed that they were just driving badly. They were teenagers Dan, in a Camaro, right? And they had an accident. Yeah. They probably went parking there. He probably put it in forward instead of reverse. And that was that apparently the lake had a very steep incline, but I just find that so creepy. Mm -hmm. You pull up a
0: car and in it are three lovely teenagers who have been missing for 40 years. It, it, by the way, it is hard to get out of a car that is submerged in water because oh, you I know you have
1: to go through the window because of the pressure. That's right. Did you know I once saved a woman committing suicide? What? Yeah. You know that. No. She drove into the water here in uh, in our town of Ottawa yes. at a popular lookout point, and uh, I had just finished taking kayak lessons, and uh, it was night. I was hanging out with my friends, and we were just smoking and hanging out, and she drove up over the barrier and into the water, and she was hysterical. And I was a lifeguard, right, And in mean, my younger days, so I immediately went out, and I had to talk her out of the car, and she was experiencing very bad breast cancer. Oh my god. She was in the throes of really bad chemo.
0: Oh jeez.
1: And her her family, you know, she felt that she was letting everyone down and she just didn't want to live anymore. And I got her out of the car finally and uh she wouldn't get in the ambulance without me. <laughs> I was I was soaking wet. Oh. So I went to the hospital with her and they took it from there.
0: Wow. Wow. I've never heard that story. That's incredible. I never knew what happened after that.
1: I don't know what happened to her. Uh-huh. Yeah that's weird eh it was a really weird upsetting experience yeah and the car um, the car was there it kept it kept going down the incline
0: I've had a few first aids where I've had to help people uh, in road accidents and they're badly hurt and the unsettling part of it is you don't ever get to find out well you do I guess because you look at the paper and in, and I think in the th- the three that I'm thinking of, uh, there was no reported deaths, So I'm assuming they pulled through. But it would have been nice to have had some closure on that for sure, yeah, she called me because she had my name, but I did not
1: call her back. I felt that the door was best left closed. yeah, on that. sure. yeah. do you want to know the shitty thing about this story? I'll tell you the shittiest part of the story is I got home at like four thirty in the morning and I called into work, and I told them what had happened. And I said, I'm not coming in that day. and my boss was pissed about it,
0: yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah right, classy. Was this a, a lifeguarding job? No, this was the government where I work now. Oh, okay. Yeah, my boss at the time was pissed about it. Yeah, well, Riley, come on. There's more important things in life, like uh, and saving service. somebody. Yeah. Anyway, Dan, good story. Thank you very much, Riley. Let's wrap this puppy up. Let's uh, let's do this thing. Okay. Okay. Folks, uh, thank you for listening uh, to The Weird. If you enjoy listening to our little show, please feel free to spread the word of The Weird with all your uh, friends, uh, with your co workers, your therapist, your therapists, because we have done a study that shows that our show uh, can be used by therapists. who are lazy and don't want to actually speak or conduct any sort of therapy with their clients, Uh you just put our show on, let Riley and Dan speak uh, your way to a big paycheck. I wish. Oh God, I wish. A big paycheck? Big paycheck. Well,
1: they get the paycheck for doing nothing. There used to be a country Western singer named Johnny Paycheck. Oh. What the fuck was that about? That was the first time I've sworn on podcast, I think. Yeah, maybe even a season. I was doing good. Okay. We love you folks. Thanks for taking the journey with us. You know what to do. Stay with us. We love having you here. And that's all I got. Good night,
0: everybody. Good night.